Welcome to Weekend Coffee Girl, the podcast for thought-provoking chat over boozy coffee and stiff pours. Episode two in the series called Underrated Bars, Lines, Lyrics, and Limericks, I spent some time talking with my friend AC. Now, AC is a Jersey kid. He's from East Orange, and he... I expected him to give me a lot of East Coast stuff. I knew I was going to get a lot of Nas from him because he's a huge Nas fan. I expected to get some duck down from him, but I did not expect to get into the house bag and he definitely threw me for a loop talking about Stevie Wonder. What I love about AC, although we're, you know, we have an eight year age difference. I'm eight years older than him. He has a very good ear and he's funny as hell. We were driving in the car one day and a song came on that I didn't think that he knew. And I had it down really low. And when he heard it, he said, turn it up. That's my shit. And I just started laughing. But what I didn't realize was that the song is big in the house sector. And the song is, of course, Shay Shay La Femme. I had no clue that he knew that song. And then we kind of had a conversation about his mom and his mom making house music. And she's sort of an icon around their way. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, we talked a lot about Nas in this episode. So I want to be clear here. Nas is talented. He is an icon. He's handsome. He's made some smart business moves. But Nas and I don't connect. We have failed to connect. I have purchased every single Nas project. I've listened to it backwards and forwards and in different moods. And I'm only about five to seven songs with Nas that I absolutely love. And I think it's important to have conversations in which we're not competing. I'm simply saying that Nas and I have failed to connect. I never said he wasn't talented, nor did I say he wasn't an icon. I am simply saying that we don't connect. I think it's good to have conversations in which you can truly have a conversation, which is what Weekend Coffee Girl is all about, is having a good conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you are interested in coming on the episode and talking about your underrated bars, lines, lyrics, and limericks, let me know. Cheers. From the Book of Illmatic. You can start there. Okay. So, one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite songs ever, is um, Memory Lane by Nas. Okay. Okay. Why do you love that song? Um, I think because the first time I heard that song, you know, well, as a kid, you don't really break down the lyrics like uh-huh. you do when you get older. So, as I got older, when I actually listened to the lyrics of the song, um, it resonated with me. So that song, he's just talking about how he grew up and, you know, overcame, you know, the ills of the hood and, you know, made it to just, you know, be where he was at that point. And so when I first heard it, it um, definitely made me think about how I came up now. Not as... Not as hard as he did, but, you know, just kind of in the same area, per se, New York and New Jersey. And um, it just resonated with me. Okay, so so give us 
some so lyrics. I, um, Give us some lyrics from that song. I guess the last the last bar. Um oh, man, I forgot how it started. And I just looked it up. Um Okay, this ain't good, but I'm gonna edit that. I'm gonna do you a solid and edit that part out. Yeah, because I really just forgot the beginning part. And it's only one bar. Um thing is deep in the game as long as blood is blue in my vein I pour my Heineken brew for my deceased crew on memory lane and you know it's kind of like the um the 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 vividness of it like just kind of thinking of those words in your mind and how you just think back to all the homies who you grew up with and you know how some people may not be here anymore you know the trials and tribulations that you go through to kind of get to where you are and um so that line kind of that's what that line kind of speaks to to me in my head and my memory that's how it plays out for me okay now what is it that you love about Nas because everyone in the world now knows that I'm not a Nas fan yes and and I don't even know how we're still friends I didn't so my guest on the on the first episode of the series he says Nas is fighting with the beat He's fighting with the music. And I agree with that. I'm just... And and I've never said that he was not talented. You know, I've never said that. I know. I've never said that, you know, he isn't deserving of icon status. I've never said that. I simply said he and I have failed to connect. So, quick uh, side note before we carry on. When people say, and I guess you agreed with it, that he fights the beat, what does that mean Mm -hmm. to you? So it sounds like, first of all, his beats are not always great. He he doesn't have, you know how some people just have bangers when that first, when it first dropped and you hear that bass line or you hear that drum line and it's something about it that just hits the rhythm in your chest. That's what I say. I mean, that's a big deal to me musically. But with Nas, first of all, that beat doesn't drop with something that's going to hit my chest right away. It's maybe one or two bars in. Mm -hmm. And then by that point, I'm already, you know, I don't have the music to accompany the words and, and they have to marry each other for me. So as I said in my trailer, when I close my eyes, I fall in love with a song when I can close my eyes and see everything that the rapper or the singer is saying. And I can't see that with Nas. So that's why it's a little difficult for me. This is crazy because that's exactly what I do see when I listen to him. Um, but are you a beat person or a lyric person or you need the perfect combination? Oh, you, you absolutely need both when it comes to uh, hip hop. Like you have to have both. Like, you know, um, people always say that about him, that he picks picks bad beats. And I guess that's subjective because it's it's what your definition of bad is. Like, if you're looking for, like, the the 808 and the bang, yeah, you might not get that a lot of times from Nas albums, but that doesn't diminish the beat and how the beat flows with the lyrics. So people say he fights the beat, but I tend to think that he rides the beat. 
But where where do you where do you find that rhythm in his in his cadence? Because I that's the other issue. I never find the cadence in his words. So it's always either a half a beat back of the of the actual music or it's a half a beat forward. They're not it's not a perfect combination for him. Um We'll have to delve into that another time because we could go off the rails with this conversation. But I'd, 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 I'd look up some songs and I'd give it to you and then I would want for you to critique how you feel he, okay. he rolled the beat. But yeah, let's move forward because we'll get stuck on that. Okay. So for everyone that's listening, um, about two years ago, I made a declaration that I'm not a Nas fan. And all of my friends that are from the tri-state area, Jersey, Connecticut, New York, all jumped on me. And I said, okay, I'm going to be fair about this because I've never said he's not an icon and I've never said he wasn't talented. I simply said, we don't connect. And I went through and listened to every single Nas album. I did it for three weeks straight. Every time I got in the car, every time I got on the treadmill, um, you know, and I, I drive a pretty long distance every day. So I had an opportunity to listen to a lot of things. And I listened in the shower. If I if I was home by myself, I would listen to, to Nas or whatever. And I just, we couldn't, I even listened to it when I was asleep. And one thing I know about me, when I fall asleep listening to music, something, I hear something that will wake me up. And I'm like, oh shit, I got, what song was that? I did not have that experience with him one time. And I can't fault you for that, but you know, we'll just have to agree to disagree. One of the many things that we agree to disagree on. This one is a little bit more egregious, but you know, I respect you. But we're not agreeing to disagree because we agree that he's talented and he's an icon. But what we disagree is you don't like care for his wordplay and his music per se. And all, all I'm saying is that he and I have failed to connect. He and I have failed. So there's no agree to disagree. This is simply my opinion. My opinion is that we have not connected. I have given Nas due diligence. I listened to him for three weeks straight. I didn't just fly off the cuff because I heard one song and I was like, oh, that shit's garbage. I didn't do him like that because he's an icon and he's talented. Okay, I okay. And the brother is good looking too. Like he has a number of things going for him. We I don't even follow him on social media. Like we just don't connect. It's like a bad beard. You know, <laughs> where it's just not connected. Well, I don't know nothing about that, so cuz mine's fully connect, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no struggle beards this way. <laughs> Lane speaks to you because it just makes me think about my upbringing and you know how you just look back at the people who were involved with that and how some people may no longer be here and just trials and tribulations of life and growing up in you know the urban an urban setting and making it out and 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 just reminiscing on those times you know mm-hmm. everything molds you to become the person that you are today and you know hard times will always mold you and you learn from it so you know it just makes me feel like it just gives me that feel 
Okay. All right. Give me your next underrated bars, line, lyric, or limerick. So this one may not be as underrated because, you know, real hip-hop fans know this song. But, of course, it's Nas again. And it's from... Did you just throw shade at me? I... Well, you know, hit dogs holler. So... (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to let you know. I'll I'll leave it at that. But I'm going to let you make it. This song is entitled Verbal Intercourse. This song is off of Raekwon's album, Only Built for Cuban Links. Ah, okay. And so the lyric is, Through the lights, cameras, and action, glamour glitters and gold, I unfold the scroll, plant seeds to stampede the globe when I'm deceased. But then the beast arise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets. Like, how do you start off a song like that? Like, come on, first and foremost. Yeah. Like, yeah. just and Cuban Links is one of those. It's it's an icon. So yeah, I know the song. So like, for, I'm a given. First and foremost, like, I don't think I've ever heard a song start as crazily as how. First, well, see, now that song is probably personally it's probably in my top top five favorite songs of all time because everything about that song is just perfection everything about that song how it starts off and you know you know back in the days how they used to have the tracks where everybody would just be just chattering in the background as the beat is playing and then when and then you get that grit too. Oh yes, it's it's ooh, yes, super grit. And then when the beat drops, then it just first of all, back in '94, that's that sound was like nothing we've ever heard before. And even though I was a youngster, I I knew like ooh, this is different. And so then, when I was young, so I think when I was younger, the beat more infatuated as I got older mm-hmm. it was like then I was paying attention to the words because the beat already had me so I couldn't lose the beat but then you start listening to the words and it's like okay now this makes it even super super crazier so I've never heard a song come in so so poetically <laughs> as that and then when you just think about what he's saying and you put a you kind of like make a mental picture of it and you just kind of see somebody standing and like unfolding unfolding a, a map of the world and just kind of like playing strategio with it and just like placing things here and there and it was crazy it was absolute madness not a whole verse I think that might be Nas's greatest verse ever I'm going to uh, have to agree with you on that simply because of the delivery the grit I mean and then you know when you think about the classic that Cuban Lynx is and you go back and you hear it and you just hear that raw passion in everyone's voice and in the delivery of their words I can rap that whole song like I know every word to that song everybody's verse like the beast will arise like yeast and it will conquer peace and it will leave savages to roam in the streets that's true 
<laughs> it's absolutely true. Oh man, live on a run. Police paying me to give him my gun. Trick the wisdom with the system that imprisoned my son. <sighs> what kind of what kind of guy is this? So just like you really got to sit and think, like, like what type of time was he on? Like how like how do you come up with this? Mm-hmm. Like that's just crazy. So yes, I love that song. I love that verse. That is like apex Nas right there. So does that get you going? Like when you're trying to, to to get motivated to get a project done or get through the day? Is that one of those? Because I have my songs that I listen to that instantly just they enhance my mood. They they help me just get motivated, especially if it's something I don't want to do. Or I'm trying to push through the other side of getting something completed. Oh yeah, I think when I go work out later on today, I'm gonna listen to that song on the way to um to the gym, and I'm just gonna be mm-hmm. just ready to lift a thousand pounds of weight. And we're gonna take it to Philadelphia, and we're gonna let the man Beanie Siegel speak to you a little bit. So the name of this song is called "Nothing Like It." And the verse is, I'm like a black rose growing from the concrete, cracking the pavement. Did that voice go again? Mac, practice for greatness. Get paid for these immaculate statements. Keep thinking of these hotlines like a psychic. I can't explain it. There's no pen when I write it. There's nothing like it. So, hmm, okay. first thing first. So, <clears throat> so that's all. And this is when Kanye was Kanye. But when he was like Kanye, Kanye, when he was just putting out fire, fire, fire. And so Beanie Siegel, I got into him in like my college years. And he resonates with me because once again, you know, it's kind of the same area. He's Philly, you know, with Jersey. I guess at, at that time of my life, kind of being like a young, a young man, like, I just could relate to what he was going through because I knew people who was, you know, living that type of way. And sometimes you just need a little bit of light to, to to push through. So, like, the black rose growing in the concrete, cracking the pavement. To me, I look at that as, like, like, I'm going to make a way. Like, I'm not going to just take the little sliver that you of light that you may have for me. I'm going to bust through and like you can't really stop me like nothing like you know concrete is really hard to bust through you really have to have strength and you know to bust through these situations that we may find ourselves in in life you have to be strong you have to want to persevere you have to want to make a way out and so, you know, busting through the concrete, you're wanting to get out. You're wanting to be free. You're wanting to have all the light that you can get. And, you know, it's just like life. Like, if you want something in life, you have to work hard and you have to be strong to persevere through the hard times to get to the good times. So, you know, that really sat with me. I appreciated that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he just was, he was rugged and, and, and raw and, and gritty. You know, I guess just coming from the north, that's how I like my rap. I like my rap rugged and raw. Okay. And, you know, 
I like Baby Seagull and I used to love Kanye. I don't care for his life, his music or anything at this point in my life, but the old Kanye, genius. Absolutely. Even lyrically, he was mm-hmm. he was cool. Like so, Absolutely. Yeah, so that song is called Nothing Like It. Um Baby Seagull. Hard track. What's next for you? So this kind of just came to me throughout our conversation. Oh, Lord. Now, this is a, a, a super 180 because we're okay. not on hip-hop no more. We're going to go to R&B. He's a deity. Oh, my. And I mean, that's a no, lot man, of you're gonna You're going to agree once I say who it is. <laughs> and he's still alive, and we have to protect him at all costs. And this would be Mr. Stevie Wonder. The name of this song is... Rocket Love. You took me riding on the rocket and gave me a start. But at a half a mile from heaven, you dropped me back down to this cold, cold world. Yes, indeed. That is one of my favorite. You know, I'm a big mm-hmm. Wonder fan. But Rocket Love and Golden I love both Lady. Of those songs so much. Oh my gosh. Golden Lady is like my shit. But I love that chorus. So I. You know, my mother was young when she had me, but even though she was young, my mother had a great taste in music, and I'm thankful for her because that's where, like, I know all the oldies and, you know, just the mm-hmm. good, good music. So she loved me. Now, didn't you, do you tell me that your mom, she does something in the in music on the side? This is her, her passion. Oh, yes. Too. My mother does, um, she makes house music. So, you know, if you know anybody from Jersey okay. or if you're hip to Jersey, you know, house music is really big up here. And so mm-hmm. um, she does little house music songs on the side. I don't agree with them because I don't like how she be talking in it. But what does what does she say in her she song? She just be talking a little too fresh for my liking. She is an adult. Care. You Look. Yes leave your mother alone she is grown she can say you listen to all kind of stuff in your music so why can't she just say whatever it is she wants to say in her music she's this grown. is true however that's my mother and who wants to hear their mother speak that way I don't you're gonna be I just know, fine I just both my parents love house music so um, I love house music Oh, but let's go back to rock so Rocket Love, I like the chorus because as I've grown up and I thought about it, it just really symbolizes, you know, relationships and the highs and lows of them. Now, granted, I was in a situation that admittedly I messed up. And um, so I can see this song from her perspective of how things were good and then me messing up dropped her back down to this cold world so I can resonate with it like that um yeah it's just really just about you know how things can be good one moment and just switch really fast so I love that song um as an adult the chorus kind of sticks out it means a little bit more to me I guess I lived it <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, it's just great tune. Protect Stevie Wonder at all costs. Okay. All right. Give me your next song. So. And go get that one. Nah, I'm not. Things happen for a reason, and that happened for a reason. At the time, it it was bad, but as I look back on it, it was something I really needed in my life. Thinking about house music, and um, there's a song by a gentleman named Armand Van Helden, and the name of the song is called Flowers. Super house music track. Anybody from up north, if you're from Jersey, you definitely know Flowers. Um, and the chorus is just flowers, flowers. Your <laughs> eyes lit up the room when I gave you flowers. Like that's it. That's the chorus. But like, why do you so like much that? beauty in the simplicity of things? Like, like when you listen hmm. to what he's saying in the song. And I don't really know the words by heart like that. Otherwise, I would say them. But the gist of it is, he was doing all this stuff to please this woman. He was buying her fancy things, taking her places. But he, it, they just, it was something missing. And so he says, um, one day, I gave you flowers. You had ran downstairs, opened the door and said, that was all you ever needed from me and it's like wow I think us as men we think that we gotta put all this bread out to impress women when it's really the small things that women appreciate if you just pay attention like the song was saying he was doing all this thing for her but all she wanted was flowers just flowers that was it. That's it. That's it. You know, women women are really that simple. Like a, you know, surprise delivery at work or just picking some up. Just because it, it just kind of captures that you were thinking about this woman. I mean, there are so many other ways to do that. But something about flowers just really speaks to, hey, I was thinking about you. I wanted you to have something here's what I wanted you to have. So a lot of women, and I'm included, I'm moved by flowers. Like flowers make me extremely happy. They just add an element to, you know, to my environment. And you know, you know, you and I are friends. You know, I keep fresh Mm -hmm. flowers in the house. But that doesn't mean that someone couldn't walk in here, you know, with a dozen roses or just a a nice um, assorted arrangement and I still will smile and just be giddy and happy because I truly love flowers. Word. Word. Okay. All right. Look at you. Flowers. Why were you singing Because I didn't want to get into my real singing bag. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's why. <laughs> you don't want to get into no, your real singing bag. I didn't want to get into oh my, my real God. bag. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love that song. Might be my favorite house music song one of the or top two and um yeah just talks about just you know pay attention to the woman in your in your life okay what's your next um, song so my next song 
is a song called Fish and it's by Ghostface Killer. You know, I love yes, my but Ghostface. It ain't Killer. even Ghostface that's rap. <laughs> it's it's Raekwon on his verse. But you know, I had to say I love my Ghostface Killer. And you know who else I'm going to say I love and who loves me? Daryl Hill. Oh, yes. Cabadon is actually on this song as well. I know. Mm. I know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You and Cabadon. So, um, if I could rap the whole song, I could because to me, this song is just like an exercise in lyricism. So, there's no particular line that stands out to me. It's just really the whole song. Because you know how Wu-Tang used to do back in the day. Like, they just do the back to back to back. Like, no chorus. You rap. Next person rap. Then the next person rap. And so, um, Raekwon ends the verse. Um, and it was just like a little small line. Like, it, and it was coming from Lex Lewis, Rich Liberace, Fida Style, and Block Your Goals Like Hockey. I just like that line. I don't know why. You just, mm-hmm. I when it, so a lot of these rappers for me, these lyrics stand out to me because, like, it causes me to actually like visualize what it is you're saying. And so when he says that, I always think of like a hockey goalie, just like blocking the fetus from growing from from the goal, like. It's just simple stuff like that that stands out to me. But that whole song is just an exercise of this. Just real live rappers just going at it. The lyricism. Mm-hmm. Now, of the entire Wu-Tang Clan, who are your top three? Lyricists? Top three, Ghostface, Raekwon, mm-hmm. and Quiet As It's Kept, he doesn't get the accolade that he should. But if you think about every major Wu-Tang song, he's either started it off or he's in that song. Inspect the deck. Yeah. 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 I I, I happen to agree with you. Um, you know, I'm partial. I'm I'm going to be partial. I am a Ghostface Killer. I'm Capadonna. And then that number three is a toss-up. Um, it just, it really just depends. One of my favorite Wu-Tang songs is Clan in the Front. And the Jizza is going the fuck off. And that's what I love about Wu-Tang. Somebody is always going the fuck off. Like, someone is very structured, very detailed, um, the words are very crisp and clear and you love that verse but then you also love the verse in which you know said Wu-Tang member is going the fuck off and I love how everybody has a different style so you know like I said I'm partial I love Ghostface Killer mm-hmm. I love Cappadonna. Um, he has a, a very gritty voice and I think that's what I love about his voice and then I'm like I said I'm a toss up for the third person. It could be the Jizzle, it could be Inspector Deck, sometimes Method Man, you know, sometimes ODB. Like, I'm just all over the place. But those two for sure are my favorites. But the Jizzle in his verse on Clan in the Front 
just he's going the fuck off. And I'm I, I understand that, but listen, man. This man said a bomb atomically. Socrates, philosophies, high prophecies, can't define the how dropping these yes, mockeries, lyrically perform armed robberies. Perform armed robberies. Yes, indeed. Me? Yes, indeed. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. So he starts that off. He starts off, protect your neck. He's on cream. He's on um, right. cold world with Jizza. Um, yeah, Inspector Death mm-hmm. is very underrated. He had a song. He was supposed to be on that song with um, Tupac, Red, Meth, and a Dog Pound. But for some reason, I remember Corrupt was telling the story. For some reason, Pop, like, wasn't feeling his verse. So they took him off the song. Mm-hmm. So if you know that song at the mm-hmm. end, as the song is going off, you hear in the background, INS the Rebel. Well, he was supposed to be on that song, but I wonder what he had this. I wonder what he said that Pop was like, nah, I don't want that on there. Very interesting. But pulling the onion layer back and having a real, you know, in-depth, nuanced conversation, your point of entry into hip-hop speaks to who your greatest is. So when I was in the third grade, I was listening to Rakim. So it makes a difference because Rakim stayed with me my entire Mm -hmm. childhood into adulthood. Tupac, you know, is only a few years older than I am. So he was listening to Mm -hmm. Rakim too. Mm-hmm. But point of entry makes that a conversation. And I have a friend, actually a sorority sister, who says Ludacris is the greatest rapper of all times. I've never heard anyone say that before. And she said it face. boldly. She meant it. But again, with a straight face. Um, but that's her point of entry. Like, I grew up listening to a lot of gritty things. And back in the 80s, Everything was pure grit, raw emotion. You know, the beats were just, you know, if you got a good beat, you got a good beat. And you had the wordplay. You had the braggadocious that is that means so much in hip-hop. You know, where people were telling you, I'm the shit. I'm here. I can do this. I got this. Y'all can't fuck with me in my neighborhood. And you knew that you were supposed to dance to that. You know, you knew that this was about bragging and telling people, I'm the shit, we the shit, my neighborhood's the shit. So having that, you know, being brought up in that and listening to it for so long, that's why the EPMDs and the, you know, you know, the artists that will let you know, you can't fuck with me, mean so more, so much more to me than the party animals of the hip hop world because that element changed and I'm okay with the element changing but that's what I grew up in I grew up in the braggadocious where you had the wordplay where you would tell people you were now you know growing up it was very much so sacrilegious where you say anything about Biggie negatively especially after he died as I've gotten older and when people you know kind of question Biggie and Pop I am not so quick to write them off when they say that because I can I can see where you're coming from you know now of course Pac left us with like just a wild body of work but Biggie didn't Biggie gave us two albums 
and I don't really count them posthumous albums. <laughs> Who say some of them people Biggie would even want right. to make a song with? So, um, when you speak about point of reference as far as hip hop, makes complete sense. Because when I was a youngster, the first album that I bought was Brand Nubian, One for All. That's the first album I bought. Mm. And I had to be about seven, because that was like 91. I walked to the store, I walked to Moving Records on Central Avenue, and I bought Nazi East Stars. This is the Newark. Um, Lauren Hill actually talks about it in that song, okay. Every Ghetto, Every City. Um, so yeah, I walked there, and I bought it. They let me buy it. Well, you know, nobody really stopped me from buying music anyway. And I used to play that tape when I would fall asleep. Like I had a Walkman and I would put my headphones on when I got time to go to sleep. I would play that album. So I loved Grand Poobah. That was my man. Now, that lasted for maybe about a year, a year and a half, because then 92 came and Wu came out, Nas came out, Red Man came out, um, Biggie came out. And then that's when, like, I started shifting more towards that type of rap. But if I hear Grand Poobah on something now, I'm going to be quick to stop and listen to it because that just, you know, brings back those memories. Do you still listen to music uh, through headphones and in the bed? Yes, I do. When there's something so, you want to absorb? <clears throat> my thing now when it comes to music is I will find out I will search for samples that's kind of like my pastime and I've been doing this for years so for example the song we gonna make it Jadakiss amazing track Alchemist is a crazy producer he does ill stuff but okay where'd you get that sample from because like I know you didn't do that so I will take my time and when I get into this mode, like this is when I'm definitely I'm laying in the bed with headphones on because I need to feel that bass. I need to like hear I need to hear it the way I need to hear it. And so I'll go and I find it. Samuel James Johnson, my music. Hmm. And you listen to it and then you see where they get the sample from. And it's like, oh wow. Sometimes the sample would be harder than the original song, than the song. So that's what I do. I lay in the bed and with, with music and I'll get lost in a rabbit hole doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was um was watching um my guest Dewan B, who was on last week. He his show is called Hotep Ish, Intelligent Ish mm-hmm. Talk. And he had a guest on his show who he does exactly what I do. When he gets a new album, he reads the liner notes. He wants to know who wrote, who produced, who played the drums, who did this. And then he listens to the music. You know, first he listens for the lyrics and then he listens for the percussion and then and then the horns and then this and just going down the line, listening to something different every single time. So when Dewan was on, he said that he's a string guy. So he listens to the string arrangements. 
So I went back and listened to a couple of my favorites. And Stevie Wonder was one of the ones that I went back and listened to the string arrangements. That was it. I tuned everything out. And the Mm -hmm. only way I could do that was laying in bed with headphones on. And I just listened for the string arrangements and it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. Like I felt like I'd never heard these songs before in my life. I feel you. Like I'm not a, a musical um, for lack of a better word, savant like that. But I do understand what he's saying. First and foremost, with mm-hmm. the minor notes, I used to do that too because if some of them used to come with the lyrics. And so I would definitely take them out and mm-hmm. see if they came with the lyrics. But if it didn't come with the lyrics, I would look and see who produced it. So that's when I um, started mm-hmm. like learning and loving producers. So back, you know, it was like for Puff in them, it was like the hit. Mm-hmm. And then you had Premier. And then you had Large Professor. And then that's when I learned, oh, Q-Tip makes beats for people too? Mm-hmm. Pete Rock from When They mm-hmm. Reminisce Over You, he's a producer? He makes beats? So that's kind of where I got into mm-hmm. that love of producers. As far as the musical part, I am a sucker for um, piano and, and rap songs. That's why I love okay. Cream so much. That's why I love Notorious Thug so much. The piano. Yes, yes. yeah. Cream is one of my favorite um, songs. Notorious Thug is probably in my top five as well. Um, but yeah, something about that piano. So like Nipsey's Double Up. With the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I love that part of that song. That really like that puts it over the top for me. You can always tell a Babyface song. So remember when mm-hmm. Babyface and uh, Teddy Riley were on Versus? My daughter and her friends were watching because Babyface wrote for <laughs> Fallout Boy. And as I went back and listened to Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy songs have the same element. You have a very clear story. You have a great chorus. And then it's wrapped up. You know exactly what the song is about. He hits the key points. It sounds really good. He has a good ear for listening to someone's um, range. So they sing exactly in the range that they're supposed to sing in. In a babyface song. And that's what I love about him. I mean, and every song is very different. I love the structure of a Babyface song. Like, think about those Tony Braxton songs from, like, the the 90s. Very beautifully written songs. Very clear. Great chorus. Great closing. Beautiful song. Can't argue with that. Nirvana Unplugged is one of my top five albums. Live albums. Because I have to categorize them. You have your live, you have your, you know... And Nirvana Unplugged, MTV, MTV Unplugged album, Kurt Cobain made me forget that David Bowie, who I love, sang mm-hmm. The Man Who Sold the World. I can't even hear that song anymore as a David Bowie song. Like, it just doesn't resonate with me anymore. It is a I have a song, song like that, too. Um, so you know Frankie Beverly uh, okay. 
Frankie Beverly and Maze, they have uh, Silky Soul Singer and Music Soul Child mm-hmm. remade that song. Like, he killed that song. Like, Music Soul Child killed that. Um, I don't even want to hear the Frankie Beverly because it don't even hit the same. There is a song um, by the Foreign Exchange, and I never waste an opportunity Shout to let the world tag. know that I'm a Foreign Exchange fan. <laughs> um, there's a song that they remade by Stevie Wonder that I would never associate with Stevie Wonder ever again in my life. And it's called If She Breaks I haven't heard it, but I'm going to look for it today. So listen to both versions and let me know. Text me when you have time. Just let me know what you think. But that is no longer a Stevie Wonder song. So it's really rare for me that the, you know, the remake is better than the original, but sometimes it does happen. I mean, we all know, you know, Whitney Houston, Dolly Parton song, I Will Always Love You. That I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you out the park. is whose I'm Every Woman is better? Shaka Khan. I say that with no hesitation. I, lo- You know, mm-hmm. my mother is a Whitney Houston fan. Nippy is her girl. You cannot speak negatively about Whitney Houston in front of my mother. She will knock your teeth down your throat. Whitney is her girl. I take nothing from Whitney. But I love the original version. Mm-hmm. It's just something about the differences in their range that I appreciate more. But that doesn't mean I don't love the the you know the Whitney Houston version. I mean, it's very few songs that I like the remake better than the original but I had to go on record and say that because alright so this is my last one All right, and I saved this one for last because <clears throat> it didn't really resonate to me until maybe like last year but it means a lot to mm-hmm. me so much so that I want to get it tattooed on me it's from Nas and the name of the song is you the, You're the Man and it's the last little couple bars of the song. And <clears throat> the lyrics are 45 in my waist, staring at my reflection in the mirror, sitting still in the chair like my conception. When everything around me got cloudy, the chain became the chair became a king's throne. My destiny found me. It was clear why the struggle was so painful. Metamorphosis, this is what I changed to. And God, I'm so thankful. And at the time, I was going through, and you know me, so you already know my story. I was going through a lot. Um, and uh, one day, I was driving, and I was listening to this song. And that last little part came on. And when it, when it went off, that shit made me cry. Like, I'm crying in the car because I'm just thinking about the wordplay. Like, you go through so many trials and tribulations in life. And, you know, when you just think that things are never going to get better and you're not going to feel better. Like, you know, time heals all wounds. And so, you know, through your struggle, you know, there are lessons to be learned. But once I got through the other side, you know, you're thankful for 
those situations because you could never be where you are today if you hadn't gone through that. And so, you know, I sat and I rewound that that one little part like three or four times and just took it in. I didn't cry every time, but it just really resonated with me, especially when I was going through what I was going through. You know, it's just Nas being his poetic self, once again, just knowing how to say how I'm feeling in just a dope-ass way. That's why Nas is my favorite rapper, because he speaks to things that I feel that I don't even think I would have the mental wordplay to even formulate. Like, he can say how I'm feeling in just such a dope way. And I'm just like, but that's why he is, he is my God MC. And when you put it like that, it makes perfect sense because everyone has a reason why someone is their greatest. But a lot of times, folks really don't have a reason. They don't have any depth behind their answer. And it's like, well, how is this your goat? Like, I totally respect that. Nas, you know, has come from a place in which you are familiar. The grit, the growing up, the trials, the tribulations, and overcoming. I respect that. Which is why I will find a way for Nas to resonate with you. I'm going to find one song. Just one. If I can just find one song where you can be like, oh, okay. I like that. Then I have done my job. There are a couple Nas songs that I happen to like. It Ain't Hard to Tell is one. The World is Yours is one. Life's a Bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I had talked about Nas you know, quite a bit this year. And when King's Disease came out, I purchased the album. I gave Nas my money. And there are a couple of songs that I really like uh, from this project. And you and I had talked about it. Um, of course, All Bad with Anderson Pack. I'm a huge Pack fan. Mm-hmm. Full Circle, because there's The Firm, there's AZ. I mean, it has those 1996 Nas elements in that song. And that's why I love it. Um, Blue Bands and King's Disease. The cadence is on point for me. I was really happy about this album, Um, especially coming from um, that Kanye debacle. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really happy to see him come back and deliver music that I knew he could. Mm -hmm. when When you have it, you just have it. You don't lose it. And I always believed Nas had it. And this album definitely uh, solidified it. And, you know, I was happy. I was happy that he put out a really good album. Um, I'm not going to front. I was kind of gun shy from the last Kanye joint, but I got a lot of people telling me that it was really good. So, you know, I checked it out late, but I'm glad I did check it out because it's really good. It's really good. So like him and Buster, because Buster's album is super dope too. I'm glad that they came out this year. You know the vets and the the, mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the vets of the game and came into 2020 and dropped 
really good albums on these youngsters and let them know that, you know, we still in shape. <laughs> you just ain't just gonna come and just run over us. We still in shape. And Buster's you, project is everything. That's one of my daily go-tos. Yes, that is a super hard album. And I'm happy and I love Buster too. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad Buster is putting out good music as well. Mm-hmm. You know, people who were part of my music my music life growing up, you know, I always want them to, you know, still be still be in shape on these young kids. And, you know, Nas and Buster definitely show that they still in shape and um they still are forces. And I'm always happy about that. Um, I know Ice Cube uh, released the project and I said I was going to listen to it. I simply just haven't as of yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of reconciling my feelings for Cube right now. So I don't really know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think in all fairness, because a lot of my guests for this series are from the West Coast, so I better listen to the project just to kind of so give me the first lyric that pops into your head right now. Through the lights, cameras, and action, glamour, glitters, and gold, I am falling fold the scroll, plan seeds to stampede the gold, stampede the globe. When I'm deceased, by then the beast arise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets, live on the run. Police paying me to give him my gun, trick the wisdom with the system that imprisoned my son. Smoke a gold leaf, I hold heat nonchalantly. I'm raunchy, but things I do is really never haunts me. Wow, funny style niggas rolling the pile, booster heads profile on a bus to wreck his aisle, holding weed inside their pussy with their minds on the pretty things in life. Props is the truth of his wife. It's like a cycle. Niggas come home, some go in, do a bullet, come back, do the same shit again. From the womb to the tomb, presume the unpredictable. Gun salute life rapidly. That's the ritual. From the song Rebel Intercourse, off of Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links album. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Weekend Coffee Girls. <laughs>